0: This is OCR Audio, I am Jack, and today we're bringing you something slightly different to normal. Um, Me and Luke were lucky enough to be invited down to Tough Mudder HQ, where we met up with Giles to talk about the up-and-coming Europe's Toughest Mudder that we've challenged ourselves to do. Um, While we are there, I took a couple of mics and we got a great little interview, so... Here we go. So here's Giles from Tough Mudder HQ in London, face-to-face interview. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Um, and here we go. Here's Giles.
1: so we're here today from Tough Mudder HQ in London. We are joined by Giles, a Tough Mudder GM slash intern in this rebuilding process. Giles, how are we doing?
2: You know what, just excited to uh, be here interning it up. Uh, certainly if uh, anything comes out today that you know the rest of the team don't sign off on, they're going to be like, yeah, blame the intern again and,
1: and that's me, but looking forward to chatting to you guys. <laughs> of course, I'm glad we caught you between coffee runs down to the shops. Um, So, myself and Jack came down today to chat about, obviously, not the return, I guess don't call it a comeback, but um, Tough Mud are back, um, saved from the abyss, I guess, merging semi-so-what with Spartan now, um, but still keeping the... The tough model brand and the ethos alive um can you chat us through what this new phase is
2: yeah and you know let's be honest what an adventure it has been um we'd been talking to spartan for a long time about uh, a merger and you know, i think both parties were excited but we had some hurdles to get through and uh getting over those hurdles made a bit of a mess which has been fairly publicized kind of over christmas and into new year but we're really excited by the opportunity to uh you know i think sync up where it makes sense to sync up but also continue to be kind of separate and independent in the like respective areas where we both you know i think serve a customer particularly well and we're going to be able to continue to do that which is great
1: yeah no i think it has been excellent obviously not going into the business side of it too much but it has taken a long time but business side of it does take a long time you had to basically they had to basically buy the company which took quite a while um and we've just seen over in america obviously they've finalized the american purchase now um so i think they and the uk the american one but then there's still the german side of it that is still out there at the moment yeah both uh, both germany and canada are still mm. to
2: be tidied up and that's a live conversation at the moment and i think spartan have demonstrated throughout this that they are uh, really committed to the brand long term mm. and to uh, providing you know the best possible make good for customers, and I think you see that in the really generous offers they've made out in the US, uh, as well as the support they've given throughout this. Uh, certainly, Joe was in the office you know a couple of days ago, and you know it was great for him to see the team. Uh, in fact, there are two things we should talk about there, but he was mm. you know being really honest about how hard it has been for them, and I think in a normal world people might have walked away. They were up against some uh, significant resistance from a couple of individuals, which we don't need to go into. And yeah. uh, that kind of perseverance and discipline, I think, is going to pay off long term. So, also fascinating, that so Joe comes in the office first time anybody's seen uh, him, and you know, the first thing he does is burpees, and. The,
1: how did that go down well
2: (laughs) tell you what there was this uh blank row of blank tough mudder faces like staring over computers being like burpees joe really what's going (laughs) on here and then you know fast forward 45 minutes and i was getting filmed talking to a a kettlebell and i just thought like wow
0: (laughs) that's one thing that joe said he wouldn't do is change anything of tough mudder the fact that he did spark burpees in the first five minutes is that like uh we're going out no no we don't want this merger no uh
2: you know what i think i think that's just joe one of the things that's really endearing about joe is he's so genuine this is just what he's like Mm -hmm. um and another thing he said whilst he was chatting to the team was that over the years he's been really careful not to spend too much time watching tough mudder because he's so conscious that if you look at something for too long, it can just start to bleed into your subconscious. And he uh, wants to maintain a discipline within the company where we don't inadvertently start to become too similar to each other. So, uh, you know, I imagine every now and then the team will have to do some burpees and no doubt I'll hear about that. But I think the core experience, what the customers see on the on the front end is going to be diligently protected.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think from like the fans, the racer side of it, they were obviously... Slightly worried that the merger between the companies would mean Tough Mudder became more Spartan-esque, but um, by the looks of it, you're still going ahead with the season as planned. You've still got the major events, the Europe stuff is Mudder. You've still got your new urban events. Um, talk us through just you keep into like the Tough Mudder ethos and still taking that out to the events.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and there are two pieces there. One's the protection of the experience, and I think. Uh, through 16, 17, 18, Tough Mudder lost its way a little bit, trying to be um, some stuff that it wasn't necessary. You know, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily what was core to kind of Tough Mudder and what makes it so special. And through 2019, and under Kyle's kind of guidance, we got really back to that core piece, and that's what we're going to focus on delivering uh, through this season as well. The other piece that we started to do was just rebuild trust with the the customer, and we made a whole bunch of promises over 2019. And one of the things we want to make sure we do through this season is deliver on those promises. And even if they're not necessarily bad obstacles, but things like customer service, Mm -hmm. we committed to having the best customer service in the space. And we believe that that requires for Tough Mudder in-housing that, having those human beings sitting in this office where you guys are now, uh, potentially being available on the phone, being visible out on course. So the person you call up to help with your tickets is also there on site if you've got a problem. and we are, whilst we're a couple months behind, we're still absolutely pushing ahead with all of those commitments we made both on and off the course.
1: Oh, that's really great. Um, and just a little word on Carl. Obviously, he's probably going to be returning in his role in America. There's been some things out there that he probably will come back and lead like the, uh, the Tough Mudder ship going forwards. But he seemed to, when he joined the company, obviously 2019, seemed to be like the real force to keep uh, Tough Mudder really as it was and bring in more of the the fun fact of what people, what brought people into the races, and also really make it accessible to like newbies in this space of obstacle horse racing. Um, how have you found work with him and like his leadership?
2: Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure. You know, and I consider Carl a friend as well, which means I can definitely be mean to him from time to time. <laughs> but uh, he's an inspirational leader. Um, he's also kind of honest and, and hardworking, which uh, is visible and that resonates with people. But one of the, I think, the biggest changes he made is he helped a team at Tough Mudder, which had become potentially over the years a little bit corporate, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: uh, you know, almost like a, a smooth working machine. He helped them remember and kind of reimagine how fun it is to just go and connect with the customers, be on site and have a laugh and, you know, get out and about and course. And I think that's one of the real changes that has resonated both internally with the team and then out and about with the customers as well. And we start to see that in some of the fun little elements that are existing in the community and existing in the obstacle changes we see where, you know, the, the Tough Mudder team are really enjoying uh, bringing this experience to people again, as opposed to focusing on
1: the efficiency of it. Yeah. So talking about that, when are you going to get out on course this year, Jars?
2: Uh, well, I mean, the, the more difficult questions, yeah. when am I going to run a Spartan?
1: Ooh, um, this is it, the crossover's happening.
2: <laughs> I certainly think so. Um uh, so I ran the last course uh, in London South, which was great, and uh, we'll probably look to get out a couple of the early ones. So um, hopefully our city event that we've got coming up in six weeks, uh, and then definitely going to be out and about at our tenth anniversary uh, in Midlands. Um, looking forward to seeing you guys in course there as well.
1: We'll be there doing yeah, Europe's Toughest mother event, mm-hmm. which is see, a 12-hour format now. I've done um, a couple of the previous ones, where they were eight-hour format. So myself and Jack are taking on as a team this year. I'm going to try, uh, try and put up some good mileage. So uh, we'll, we'll see. But as we spoke before on the podcast, you've got some surprises in the course, maybe with different types of obstacles or more of a mental game to this event. Um are you still looking to go ahead with that mental game?
2: Oh, 100 yeah. percent. You know, talking about that—that's what really gets me excited. And we were looking at the map earlier. Um, there's a lot of water.
1: Uh, a lot of artigenima.
2: There as well. There's certainly some artigenima. There's a lot of there's a lot of water on that course. So I think it's going to be challenging once it gets wet, uh, cold, damp overnight. Um, it's a UK event, so it's probably going to rain for the whole twelve hours overnight as well. Oh, no, just probably the whole day. <laughs> um. But yes, definitely looking to to shake it up. There's obviously a there's a physical element to this, you know, as you guys will know. And once you get into twelve hours, there's a strategy and a planning element as well. And we really want to shake and test that up, make some of it uh, not as easy to plan for. Um, so the the course may change the obstacles may change over the course of the the evening some of the penalties are going to change you're not really going to be able to build a plan early on and then stick to it and kind of execute repetitively for the whole evening Uh, and for people who are out there to put significant distance out i think that's going to be really tough For people who are out to just have a really good time with their friends i think that's going to make it an amazingly fun experience as well
0: so do we have a set target where you think guys can make what would be your looking at the pla- now you've looked at the map of you just admitted to what do you think would be an a realistic target and a yeah doable target
2: well i just turn that turn that back to you guys you know you guys have been saying like <laughs> we've got mad skills we're gonna we're gonna come out we here never and said that shake <laughs> up the uh, shake up the competition uh, 12 hours five mile course it's pretty pretty a lot of water out there how are you feeling
0: I'm okay with water. I actually, the fact that you said there's water excites me. I don't mind the water. That's one thing that I do not get fussed about. Um, yeah, a couple of times. I have done a couple of Tough murders. Yes, I'm a Spartan freak, but I have done Tough Mudders. Uh Scottish ones, would you believe? Actually, the Drumranger Castle.
2: Uh, oh, that's a stunning great, course great as event, well.
0: Great event. My father lived only four miles up the road, so we did do that event a couple of times. Um, and you say it's also 10 years this year as well? It certainly is. So what have you got planned for 10-year anniversary? Uh, well, Bear keep- in mind, I'm skirting around how far <laughs> <Why laughs> you think we're
2: going. I, I noticed that at Dodge, but I, I heard you you were thinking 60 miles out loud. That's what yeah. I was hearing. Yeah, uh, yeah. 60. I think sixty's—I think it's doable. I reckon 60 and
0: beyond, I think. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm already going on past like literally 24-hour events that I've done, but obviously that's not comparable because obviously obstacles and water and depending on what mind tricks you play, which you're clearly not going to tell us, um, It all depends. But yeah, I think 60, I think if we said 60 and then we got 35, we'd be very sad. Um, if we, if we said 60 and then decided that actually this is more doable, we might also change, change tactics mid race and say, well, actually, you know what? I think we could do greater than. So I think we'll say 60 is a safe bet. And then, yeah. Um, I'm kind of hoping we're going to get some competition. Um, i've not we've not really pushed it out yet and obviously with with tough mudder we don't we're not sure who or what's turning up so um it'll be interesting to see if anybody actually fancies taking us on as a pair or even solo, you know like there's some some very very top athletes out there that could smash a twenty four hour or twelve hour solo event so um yeah let's hope we get some competition as well because that'll help help push us that little bit further, I think.
2: I certainly think you will. Um, I was really excited to see the quality of the, the two-person um, teams at Worlds. Um, Worlds' toughest, that yep, is. Yep, yep. I know there are now a, a lot yeah. of Worlds, Worlds uh, <laughs> running around yeah. in, the, in the OCR <laughs> space at the moment. But, um, uh, and I think some of them are going to come run as well. And we've really got this vision for the event that it becomes uh, as much of a team event as a solo event as well. Mm-hmm. I, Tough Mudder is definitely designed to be enjoyed. Uh, as a team, and so the two-person, four-person uh, teams are something we're definitely looking to promote. Okay,
0: so from so okay, let's get into a bit more detail. So the actual event itself, then um first lap, are you doing as a as what you call a fast lap? A, uh, absolutely, and run it as that pair. So me yeah, and Luke we'd run lap. together, sprint lap, and then obviously pairing would be one goes out for one lap, and then vice versa tag style system.
2: Yeah, I've got a got a start and finish uh together okay. and then you end up with a uh, kind of individual chips as well as your kind of team relay baton it's very unlikely to actually be a baton um you know just that would be know, more skillful though funky monkey with a baton itself. in your hands like your teeth yeah a chip on a big inflatable unicorn you've got to run around the course all evening
1: that's it when he says baton he means probably yeah, like a whole thing we've got to carry like a sofa or something between us yeah. around the course
2: I tell you what, spears. One of the reasons I'm quite keen to do a Spartan race. I do fancy throwing spears. Like,
0: oh. I have had a thought. So maybe the end of the year, Spartan guys do
2: tough mudder, and tough mudder do Spartan. You mean the uh, the team, the, the actual crew? Oh, we will definitely be doing that throughout yeah. the year as well. That is uh, that is on it. See what that makes me think. Um, I didn't answer your previous question. So tenth year anniversary. What's coming? King of the Swingers is going to be there. So iconic obstacle that people have been uh it's a polite way to say they've been abusing me on facebook for bring that. <laughs> um they've been kindly uh nudging me to uh see that return so we're excited to bring that back did you do that whilst you were uh, tough mud in the past
0: yeah, yeah i've done that so i've done tough mud what year was it three or four years ago so i think some most of those big obstacles were still there before they disappeared to come back again so and i think the uh sorry the name of but the your big vert walk um, everest everest yeah that got a bit smaller last time i did it i think is that is that going back up to normal size is it back on steroids or uh, we've
2: got three different sizes to it at the okay. moment actually so the one build has three sizes in it and that allows people to kind of pick the challenge not so much um, okay. overnight when you're uh when you're racing we're not going to be uh quite as kind okay and certainly this year there was a lot of complaint that uh, everest wasn't hard enough mm. Uh, And so, when people failed at Worlds, they ended up having to do Mini Right, the the kids' course as a penalty loop. Brilliant. And the (laughs) the way the curve works on the little Mini Mudder Everest, it's actually quite difficult to get up as an adult. So, that was quite a satisfying uh, experience (laughs) to watch. Uh, But yes, um, we'll have that. We're going to continue to have this kind of variable difficulty on as many obstacles as we can. What we find is, you know, sometimes you have somebody who's a little bit shorter and they can't access an obstacle, and that's frustrating. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wasn't
0: looking at Luke at all then. <laughs>
2: sure um, you know, or, or maybe the, the elements that they, they really enjoy are pieces around dexterity, or some people are really talented from an upper body strength perspective. And it's very difficult with single builds to pitch that well so people can kind of get the challenge they want. And if we can start to change the spacing of bars, diameter of bars, the, the elements on it, you can make it a lot more interesting. But in picking the challenge, people aren't necessarily up for it, aren't failing on the first bar and then having a pretty rubbish timeout.
1: So with King of the Swingers coming back, are there any other classics that are returning?
2: Oh, I, I, there certainly will be, and we'll have iterations on classics. You're going to have to watch the, um, <laughs> the interweb for the next couple of weeks as we start to... Uh, drip in some of those but we'll certainly see electroshock therapy out in course as a classic uh, crybaby which we started to bring back at the back end of last year and uh, i think we got a little bit better with uh, the execution of that um is probably going to be making itself back there's some stuff that we've not done previously that other people haven't we've kind of felt obliged not to do it because other people haven't we kind of got over that so slides Uh, I think we could see a slide because it's just fun. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, why not?
1: So, yeah. So keep an eye on the socials in between your excellent GIF game. Every other GIF is probably going to be some information. They've got a strong GIF game at Tough Mudder. I think it's a 12 year old. definitely strong on the gift game.
2: Yeah. She is, she is uh like SP. hashtag not funny. <laughs> yes. Uh oh she'll be she'll be pleased to hear that we take gift game very seriously. Um actually at the end of each of our years we have a, a little bit of a internal awards and there's a, a medal or a little you know awards the strongest gift game. What was the strongest strong this year? I can't remember but there've been a, a couple of absolute belters I think and so I look for a bit more of that. We shouldn't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, and that will continue and i think um you know every time i look at you and i see that spartan t-shirt and i get excited yay spartan um i think you should expect the rivalry to continue oh, sure. uh, i think we one all. one of the funnest parts absolutely two big
1: companies, like...
2: take the moment to make fun of them whenever we can <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um you said obviously you're doing the new urban event um in six weeks time How is leading up into that? Obviously, you might not have had as long as a prep time as you would have liked, but um, is this the first time you're doing the the City one?
2: Yeah, so we've had the City event previously for a little while, Mm -hmm. uh, and it was really good fun. We had a 5K only, but we... Uh, And we had a lot of new customers. We were up at like 95% of the people turning up were new customers. And that's great for uh, the industry more broadly, but also great for us to have people within our ecosystem. But we were finding that at 5K, and particularly where it's not timed, uh, it wasn't necessarily bringing the kind of challenge or the opportunity for personal accomplishment that some of our repeat customers or some of the uh, audience more, you know, familiar with the running really wanted. So we've added a 10K piece. We're also going to crank up the difficulty of the obstacles a bit. It's certainly still going to be uh, open and accessible. So people who are wanting to do this as the first time will absolutely be able to have a great time and get around But people who are probably more used to the OCR piece who just want to run a a 10K course not far from their their house in South London Mm -hmm. are going to be able to get out there and have a challenging time. So we're quite looking forward to that.
1: Nice we'll wait to kick off the year, then.
2: Are you gonna you gonna come down for a run? You know, ten k with some shocks.
1: Might have a little look around, see if we have some shocks. <laughs> yeah, that electric therapy. Oh, there is a great picture of me from uh, one of the Europe stuffs. mudders, like slyly snaking my way through the barbed wire. Uh, the electric shock therapy. I got shocked. <laughs> it Didn't work.
2: I right, so tell you, it's the electric eel um, version where you're crawling in in water. Uh, that's the one that, that gets me. That's a stinger. We had um we had carabiners hanging from the cables at World's Toughest Mudder. So you had to kind of think, you know, do I stop and get shocked repeatedly trying to get this little widget that might allow me to bypass an obstacle later in the evening when I'm tired? Or do I just put my head down and, and get through this?
0: <laughs> I'd love to see Tough Mudder's uh, risk assessments and uh, insurance policies because I'm not sure how you get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh um the one i remember is the one that i actually found the m- most difficult was uh birth uh birth control but we have is it birth it? canal yeah canal. <laughs> it what, what's it called you're right we should have called it birth control that's <laughs> just here all day making up names <laughs> um birth canal yeah tough like you think you've got it you get to the very end of the tunnel and all of a sudden this weight of water is just pushing down on you and when you're tired i seem to remember that one being quite tough i don't know if that's still out in the course or not but um I'm actually really looking forward to when we do the um, Europe Stuff as Matter. Like you say, just having that fun element. You know, most races we do, there's very much a competitive element. Um, although I still enjoy it, I do enjoy pushing myself. But I think the fact that me and Luke can also share that fun element to it as well. Uh, but at the same time, being competitive. And I think, yeah, that's going to be a really interesting, for me, that's going to be an interesting point, you know, like being out on course, enjoying it, especially having the cameras in our faces, enjoying, you know, following the journey as well. Um, but then coming back to the tent and going, we've done this many miles, we need to fit four money laps, and, you know, and like really being sort of more methodical about how we do it as well. And if you say you're going to put sort of challenges at each obstacle, you know, is it worth taking the shorter route and the harder obstacle or is it worth doing the more longer run or yeah that just adds an element of uh of doubt there as well doesn't it so I'm really looking forward to that fun side of things that uh, tough looking can offer
2: and we uh, I tell you what we went wild at Wells Mudder. you had um you know elite elite athletes who maybe failed an obstacle and their penalty was looking for some uh, little plastic soldiers in a haystack <laughs> literally and there's just no way that physically you can get any faster at that or and in fact for that particular one what you did is you had to put your hand in and pick out like a, a chip and the chip told you which of three penalties you were going to do so you didn't know which one it was and you were either writing out lines on a chalkboard think bard Simpson yeah or you were doing your classic box jumps or you were looking for a needle in a haystack and another one where if you um fell you missed the bell in king of the swingers you had to do a pretty agrarious penalty um, but you had the option, like almost a double or nothing, with a little ping pong ball and a bat. You know, if you could do a certain number of keepy uppies, you got away. But when you're really cold and tired, and your hands are shaking, that's incredibly uh, challenging. And so, do <laughs> you have a bash and risk doubling the penalty? Eleventh yeah, yeah. hour of a twelve hour event, and you're like trying to hit a pretty ping pong with a bat. Why am I doing this? Uh, and it might just be satisfying for me to watch. There was one gentleman who was concentrating so much, he was kind of back. to he walked back into the pits, which was um, uh, thoroughly satisfying for everybody other than him. And there's electric shock therapy. Is that normally at the end as well?
0: So like everyone's like in the festival area, just watching people getting.
2: It certainly is for um, for a normal weekend event. And you're right; that's pretty satisfying for the spectators who come along. They quite enjoy that. You
1: know, grab a beer from the bar and uh, (laughs) listen to that zapping noise. Exactly what I did without the beer from the last event. I did. um, I went and watched the electric shock therapy section. Just stood on the fence and watched people take it on. It is hilarious. But when Giles said he's watching people like from the zone, he's, he's in his nice warm tent, watching out from having been swifted by someone. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a great little event. And I think one of the, probably the best things about it is uh, you have the team option. Um, OCR seems to have a lot of individual events. Now, there are team events out there, but there isn't many of them, um, especially uh, team events that have this type of strategy. I think where you're having the alternate people go, adds a bit of strategy to it as a team but also it's on you individually to like when I'm halfway out on course halfway through the five mile loop I'm going to have to make a solo decision because I'd have forgotten what Jack said probably after the first five minutes um so yeah it's, it's great to have that style and I, I really like it that you take that also to world's toughest mudder and you have it in a 24-hour format as well um but we had a lot of uh, UK people represent out in the world's toughest mudder in the individuals and the team. It'd be just great to see people go to Europe's Tough Mudder, lay down something and then look at going to World's Tough Mudder because they are gonna do it in America. It's been added into the the roster, the schedule, so it looks like it'll be a, a fun event this year as well.
2: So let's like let's put a line in the sand there. If you guys have a great time at ETM, do you think we can talk you into a, a trip to Dallas?
1: If we have if we have a really good time at uh, Europe's Tough Mudder, twenty four hours I, I saw
2: nodding, so that that's done. That's done, just...
1: sealed. It's on film. <laughs> personally, I've never done a 24-hour event, so I would be very interested to do one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about this. Um, I actually, I, so for me personally, I've about Luke, I think the longer you go, the for me, it's better. I like the idea of that. The more of a mental challenge it gives you as well. You know, fatigue starts kicking in, what have you. Um Yeah, no, I like the idea of a 24-hour event, especially OCR 24-hour, yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah, I'm in. I'm in. I've signed us up. Sold. Done. Sold. Done. Um, Looking forward to that. Yeah, especially if we do well, you know, like I'd I'd like to think (laughs) that's the problem with us and and most people out there, even the guys that do it for fun, um, we are competitive and to a a degree you know you do sit here and go what's next what's the next challenge what can we do next if if that means taking the 12-hour event to a 24-hour event and proving that we can do it at that level as well then yeah bring it on um 100 so you talk about things coming back have you got anything new in general coming back this year at all any new obstacles or things that people might not know any any sort of things you can sort of you know tell us now that people might not know
2: Well, we we focused this year on two things. One uh, was the off course experience. We talked about uh, getting in house customer service, bringing in uh, phone customer service over the course of the year, which is obviously a big deal. We're also making changes to the pricing. Pricing. I've obviously got pricing on the note. (laughs) Joe. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's awkward. Uh, Pricing. So the way we think about kind of discounts and headline pricing, moving away from a place where you've got a ludicrous, headline price that's always on a 40 percent discount so all of that is done and i think that's going to be really interesting to play out as well uh unholy grail okay which is a challenge happening at midland so over the course of that weekend you need to do the tougher which is that 10 mile race the 5k the classic and the 12 now overnight. i'm thinking we we could do this loop. uh hitting at least 25 mile on the overnight as well so there's none of that like run a lap, sleep for the evening, go out for another five mile in the morning. So, uh, you know, I think that's going to be really fun for people who are up for that almost world's toughest experience, that kind of 24-hour experience, but in a a slightly different format. So uh, that's going to be great. And we're definitely going to keep playing about with obstacles. Expect to see a lot of the smaller obstacles just change. to be fun as well. We did a lot with Devil's Beard over the uh, course of last season. which became a bit of a cult classic. And we're very much listening to the community. Uh, and hearing how they are enjoying or not what we do. And we want to make sure that the builds are changing event by event. Uh, even to the really small stuff. Um, we had a, a Legionnaire run around and he came back and he's like, the cleat's just in the wrong place on the back of those hero walls. And we're like, we'll just move it then. Um, and we're going to keep, keep playing with that kind of stuff as well. So be be pretty good.
1: That's great. Um, from like a fan and a racist side of it, I think people really want to hear about like, What's the T-shirt going to be like this year? What color is it going to be? Do we have that information? What's the headband going to be? Is that already out there? Or is there going to be something special for the 10-year event?
2: Uh, so, uh, special 10-year headband. Lovely. Um, a limited edition collector's item, if one's going to call it that. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not gold. Sure, it's gold. kind of a, it's a black and gray. It looks quite smart. In fact, I think uh, we've got that on the website. I'll show you the T-shirt um, shortly after this, actually. Uh pretty pretty cool as well um hopefully we can get them all out of china uh, there's some supply chain challenges uh, at the moment um what else is coming so the uh, little mother course so our kids course we're going to introduce a legionnaire program there so we actually had a, a young lad who'd done 10 last year and we started to recognize actually quite how regularly uh, the young folk are coming back and really enjoying this kind of experience so we're going to introduce uh, a colored headband system for them to recognize uh, the the repetition so we're really excited to be introducing that as well uh, slight change to the the medals and obviously um, uh, something a little bit interesting for the unholy Grail piece as well so plenty of change there and this is definitely a building year for us we need to. Uh, just make sure that we deliver for the customer and we also continue the excitement we saw last year as we rebuild yeah. um, into next year as well. So we're going to continue to push, 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 change, innovate, have fun.
1: Yeah. Excellent. It looks like you're, uh, the startup or the restart up is going really well when you're uh, moving, moving to build off 2019 success and then moving in towards 2020. Um, with the event area I know you guys put a lot of time and effort into making the event area like one of the best uh, that you can see people have a great time in there is there anything new coming this year to those event areas?
2: we're focusing, we work with a lot of our partners to make that possible Mm -hmm. we've got some really exciting brand partnerships in the pipeline, I don't know if you saw we can give you some swag on the way out we've just done an exciting, my pleasure (laughs) exciting deal with uh, PhD nutrition bars uh, so you'll be able to get those flapjacks are actually going to be the food on course and they are super good and then they've got a uh, like a smart pro- protein bar in the finish as well so we're going to work with them to make sure and their other partners to make sure we've got kind of fun interactive stuff for people to do in the village but then there's a lot of it that's just the classic uh, people need uh, a good food offering and we're really changing that up year in year uh, a recently priced bar and we're going to bring that in house so we can make sure we deliver that music uh, you know MCs are able to have a bit of fun so all of that's coming as well.
0: What we really want to know, Giles, is when you came into this office, what's the first thing you painted? Because I can see a lot of orange around here and an amazing wool, graffiti Tough Mudder sign behind us. I mean, where did you go? Who,
2: who had the idea of painting everything orange for a start? Because <laughs> literally every pillar is just orange. I mean, the, the pillars were a, a horrible grey concrete colour beforehand <laughs> and we thought, well, what should we do? We actually talked about painting them the colours of the headbands. Right. Uh, and that was going to end up looking a little bit like we'd vomited on a pillar, I think. It was possibly too much color. So, we stayed we stayed safe with orange. And do, do you know what? On the painting, like one of the things that I, I think we quite enjoyed last year, we had uh, a local graffiti artist come down and take one of our hero walls and live spray paint during the event like a mural. That's awesome. So, it would kind of come to life over, the, you know, people would kind of see it in the morning and then they go and run and they come back and it might be complete. they come in the second day. Uh, and I think that kind of interesting personal touch working with, with local folks uh, is definitely something we'll continue to do as well colour it all in and uh, who, do you want an orange t-shirt by the way because I could hook you t-shirt.
0: up yeah let's hook me up with an orange t-shirt let's get rid of this Spartan one and
2: let's get an orange one on and who's the champion in the office of uh, of the uh, f- football team it is always the Germans it is um, the Germans um,
0: years <laughs> and
2: <laughs> years I met mean, a guy uh, back in 2014 called uh, David Gordon and right. You know, his mantle's just picked up by successive Germans
1: every year. It's, <laughs> it's become quite embarrassing.
0: Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Maybe she should just stick to OCR, Giles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so as we're in uh, TMHQ in, down in the UK, what's uh, what's the vibe like with everybody back at work now? Um, is, is the full team back? Are we uh, are we at full strength here in the offices?
2: Uh, it's a great question. Do you know what? It, it's been really challenging for everybody to... Um, to go through this you know employees worked incredibly hard the team worked really hard last year to turn Tough Mudder around and to rekindle it and to build something we're all kind of proud of and then to see that unnecessarily damaged uh, over the Christmas period I think took a significant toll on the team you know watching watching what they've built
1: especially that time of year as well Christmas
2: yeah uh, uncertain about their jobs, having you know, colleagues lose their jobs, not get paid. So it was really, really rough for them and incredibly grateful to the community who stood by us as a team and also to the team who kind of hung in there and are now here trying to rebuild uh, from scratch and kind of putting the hours in for that. And I think they're, they're excited. There's a lot of opportunity in this for us to forge Tough Mudder in, like in the way it really should be. Without some of the legacy problems of the past, but there's also a, a degree of fatigue in that team. We've got some vacancies that we need to fill. So to, to fill, uh, you know, we, we're recruiting up. so There's some live recruitment. Some people were leaving anyway. You know, some people just couldn't afford to go the length of time without getting paid, unfortunately. Uh, and so it, it's tough. They're working hard, and the support I think we get from the community, both from our community, but also. From competitors, I think there's been overwhelming generosity in wanting Tough Mudder to kind of stay put and, and stay strong, and that's really valuable. And so, you know, big thanks to everybody for being patient and also supporting us as we do try to rebuild as a team.
1: Now, I think that's a great thing to mention as well. Especially here in the UK, we don't have an abundance of races in the horse racing scene. Um, say probably Spartan and yourselves, Tough Mudder were like the two biggest ones, and it would have been really sad if uh, Tough Mudder had uh, ceased to exist in the UK. So it was a really good thing that the merger happened, and you guys are still around. Uh, but it was really nice to see quite a lot of the, the other races as well also express like uh, sorrow for like the hardship of Tough Mudder. I know not everybody was like that, but uh, <laughs> it was it was nice to see and see like for the community of obstacle course races here. It's great to have a Tough Mudder having races this year back. Probably going to be stronger than ever, like you said. You won't have things of the past weighing you down, and uh, maybe a restructuring of the company was maybe what was needed. So, uh, 2020 will be like I kind of guess a landing zone or a place for you guys to start afresh and deliver on what like we said success of 2019 and really push forward to create even more fun innovative obstacles and races going forwards
2: i just you know it's a, a pleasure to have you guys in and i think something we spoke about last uh time uh, i was chatting to you guys i don't want to get lost is uh i do think we need to make sure that the europe's toughest experience you guys go on is as interactive as possible I'd suggested we put some of your penalties to uh, your listeners. Mm. Uh, I noticed you That's didn't bring dangerous. that up um, and to make sure that doesn't get missed. I thought I'd bring that up again, just I to float out might. there. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Absolute yeah. pleasure.
0: Um, I was liking here until you said that. Um, yeah. No, I don't see why not. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I, it can only go one way, can't it? Let's be fair. Um, if we could do that, then yeah, hundred percent. Why not? Um, there's definitely a way we could do it. So when we came back to the pit crew, you know, maybe they say that next time you have to choose this, this and this, you know, um, maybe get us in a few laps in first to get, get just to get the hang of what we're doing. Um, get us in the sprint lap. Yeah, let's, let's let's get back from the sprint lap and just see what the course is like. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I personally used to come from around where it was um, near Grantham area. So I know what the area is like. I've run around there before. Um, it's not too hilly, so it's it's Okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, yeah, I'm just thinking wet cold water now. That's what I'm thinking. Um, no, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to getting out and back on back back out on the tough meta course for sure. And uh, yeah, sorry if I mean if it comes down to the guy saying you're gonna have to do this and this and this, we'll, we'll do it. I suppose
2: we'll have to, and um, still hit the sixty plus miles. Touchwood, <laughs> you uh, you heard it here first, guys. Um, chili, they want chilies, chilies in the uh, <laughs> in the pit. <laughs> chili in the pit. Our only nutrition has to be chili. I like it.
0: Tabasco sauce. <laughs> uh, oh no. no! I'm going to skirt around this again. Um, I suppose what I really want to know from you, Giles, being being what you do and being involved with Tough Mudder, how, wh- where do you see OCR going? Like, for instance, we know that obviously you alluded to world champions. There's, there's so many world champions now. Where do you actually see OCR? Where would you like to see it going personally and as a, as a company of Tough Mudder? Where where can you see it going? Olympic standard? Do you think that's a good idea? Where where do you stand with all that type of thing?
2: I used to, I was on the board of the British Canoe Union for a while, so um, very familiar from a kind of sport governance perspective, this tension that exists between the competitive and potentially the elite aspects of a sport, uh, using the word sport loosely at this stage, and the kind of recreational scene. And I think OCR is an incredibly powerful tool for obviously your physical well-being for your mental health just being able to have fun with friends and so I definitely want to see it flourish and I think that it's more likely to flourish the larger and more established it becomes and that's going to require uh, a continuation of the kind of formalization of the sports I'd love to see it in the Olympics it could make such compelling watching you see what Tough Mudder used to do with with Tough Mudder X and some of the other uh, formats that exist and you compare that to some of the stuff that's watched at the Olympics and, you know, I think it could make for really compelling viewing the calibre of the the athletes we're starting to see come through is really interesting as well. And I think what happens as you solidify or really grow that top end, it's like a pyramid. It increases the awareness of what's going on, the aspiration to be involved, the amount of money that comes into the sport, all of which allows for the development we need for young people. Uh, for a club scene, for training centers, for the scale to be sufficient to stand up multiple operators as well, which is healthy for competition and innovation. So, yes, like all of those things, we need to continue to push and grow all aspects of OCR. Um, And we also need to support. I think there's still a lot of tension where, you know, it's really difficult to make money in OCR as an athlete, as a business uh, and so everybody's needing to protect part of what they do and it's going to require lots of people being prepared to work i think in the greater good and across i'm going to call it discipline but across kind of focus area to really realize the potential here
0: yeah that's for sure although I, I don't really see them getting electric shop therapy in the olympics unfortunately giles so maybe you maybe shouldn't be on the board because i'm not sure that's going to work <laughs>
2: Oh. Uh, I don't know viewing figures <laughs> yeah, that is very true yeah
0: yeah. who wants to watch Usain Bolt when you can watch someone get electric shocked in the Olympics it's <laughs> <still Paul. laughs> is It is still Oh, I like what you did there Luke very good very, and, and on that note <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no Giles I mean firstly I want to say thank you very much for inviting us down here um, you know what we've seen so far, I'm, I'm very impressed. I actually want to work here. Um, look at, I'm going to look at your jobs when I get back. See if there's any jobs for a for a, a gopher in the a boy yeah. in in the office. I'm already uh, the office t boy <laughs> yeah, and gopher <laughs> and <the> intern. <laughs> um, yeah, no, thank you very much for letting us come down here and and do this podcast and and look around. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, we are looking forward to uh, Europe's toughest mother and potential silly Giles challenges that he's going to offer. Um, no chili chili's not going to happen um but yeah, no, for sure and yeah we wish you all the luck for 2020 and the forthcoming races you've got coming up um and we hope to see you on that and in fact i've got enough for you okay if we're doing your sort of 12 hour event i think when you do finally put your spartan uh headband on and come out on course as Spartan, maybe me and luke should take you around the course um and get you a clean run and then you have to many burpees
2: I do like the sound of no burpees that, yeah. that's I'm going to take you up on that offer yeah for sure so
0: oh, I'll, I'll probably just right. push the spear out of his hand so he can't hit the bear but yeah <laughs> yeah, we'll just push him and blow it on him face
2: and stuff you guys will do my burpees for me right uh,
0: we'll do your burpees for you yeah yeah Luke's pretty good at burpees we'll talk about that later we'll come up with some talk deal uh, but anyway thank you very much Giles we really appreciate your time and efforts and um, yeah so thank you very much for
1: your, your time thanks a lot Giles Have my absolute pleasure
0: Right, Jack, should we do our first thank you to our OCR audioites? I'm going to go ladies first. Sammy Rudd, thank you very much, Sammy. And Hannah Davies, we really appreciate you, ladies. I'll let you take the boys Jack yeah and on the guy side we've got Stuart Golands and Nathaniel Thompson so massive shout out for those four Patreon members Um, if you want to be a Patreon member head over to www.patreon.co.uk forward slash OCO audio and don't also forget if you want to uh, join us at Spartan Race this year 2020 to use Spartan Audio all capital Spartan Audio to get 25% off or 20% off I don't remember what it is to all the races (laughs) uh, across the board um Yeah, so Spartan Audio, Patreon. There's a lot of things there to remember. Yeah, uh, get your exclusive content, guys. Uh, Just head over there. There's two
1: tiers. um, So take your pick.
0: What's up? Goodbye.